0: Hi,
1: this is Hope. This is
0: Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening (laughs) to No Meat Athlete Radio.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of the No Meat Athlete Radio podcast. And today we've got a special treat for you, a little bit of a different episode than what we usually do. Doug, of course, is still in Europe, uh, gallivanting around. So uh, I am joined today by my buddy Jason Fitzgerald from Strength Running. Jason, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show, Matt. Of course. So Jason and I uh, got to know each other a little bit better this past weekend because we were both um, guests of Runner's World at their the inaugural Heartbreak Hill Half Marathon and Festival, which uh, of course was in Boston. And had us staying in uh, Boston College dorms, which was kind of cool. I went there for a semester actually my first semester of college was at Boston College uh, and we actually stayed in in the same dorm the first night where my freshman orientation was I believe, and then we got moved to a slight, slightly nicer dorm, which was welcome but uh it was it was a really fun weekend. I don't know about you I mean I assume Jason that you had as good a time as I did uh it was just it was just like a really cool fun weekend of all things running, and for me, just personally, it just made me feel great about being a runner again. I don't know, did you have a similar experience, Jason?
0: Yeah, totally. I was, uh, I've been admittedly in a little bit of a running slump since uh, I ran the Boston Marathon about a month and a half ago. So this weekend, just being, you know, immersed in the running community and just talking about running all weekend, uh, you know, and of course hanging out with you all weekend, Matt, it was just a treat. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was an inspiring weekend. We got to meet a lot of really cool people, both from Runner's World and then some um, kind of famous runners like Shalane Flanagan and all that. Um, and yeah, I think it was just the, the boost of motivation I really needed to kind of get excited about running again and to really get um, motivated to, to start running more again because I haven't really been running much. So yeah, I had a great time.
1: Yeah, and it's funny, I mean, that's that's exactly my experience, and just from reading a few of the other blog posts from the other bloggers who were there, uh, it seems like it was it was everyone's experience, like it was just a, just a great, I don't know, just reminder about why we do this and what's so great about running, uh, like you, I had been in kind of a funk with it, just, you know, I've noticed my tendency is to really go all or nothing, and I just train for something big, and then once I don't have that anymore, I just kind of tend to not train at all, and I would love to find – I don't want to say balance, but just find um, the you know the joy of running for its own sake and kind of get into a groove of running even without having a big race on the schedule. I would love to be able to sustain that, and uh, I feel like this weekend just kind of made me want to do that. I don't know if I actually will, but uh, just a lot of feel-good stuff. So what we wanted to do with this episode is rather than do any kind of really an interview or any sort of how-to information – um we just wanted to talk about the weekend and kind of give everyone a taste for it who couldn't be there um and i mean i think one of the great lessons i learned during this really was that like there's a lot going on during these race weekends I and mean, every time i have gone to a race i'm generally like i said kind of like it's my big goal thing so i go and just go to the expo and and like do what i need to do get back to the hotel focus on sleep eat you know all that stuff and don't really i don't go to the talks and anything like that but this whole thing made me realize that like, there's a lot of neat stuff that goes on and just being around the scene, going to the seminars. We went to a few of them together, and it's just it's just fun. I mean, it's just a neat thing, and you leave with a really good feeling. So hopefully we can bring some of that feeling back to people who are listening to this.
0: Yeah, and I, I'll just say that I think it it does mean a lot, I think, coming from me saying that I had a great time and I got really inspired because I'm not the kind of person that – uh I typically need inspiration to run. Uh I don't really get very motivated by these things typically. And and like you, Matt, I think this was the first time that I actually did go to the seminars and all the talks. And I think it was one of the first times where I, I spent a lot of time with other runners during one of these big race weekends where uh, you know, normally half the time I don't even go to the expo. I just kind of pick up my number and I get out of there. Mm-hmm. But uh there's a lot to say about um you know, being a little bit more involved in the running community, and yeah, I I I did get kind of get a good kick in the pants for from a motivation perspective, and uh, it was just really cool. And you will end up learning a lot listening to all these uh, people talk at the seminars. Uh, and so yeah, I just I had such a
1: good time. Cool. All right. Well, let's jump into it. Um, oh, except for our okay, our advertising portion of the show is that. Jason, if, if you do want information from Jason, like how-to stuff, other than his great blog, strengthrunning.com, um, you just did, Jason, a uh, little seminar with me, kind of a bonus in the No Meat Athlete Academy, where we talked for, I guess, a full hour about injury prevention, just on that one topic. dug really deep into it. You have a new program about injury prevention, and it's something that you've spent a lot of time learning from. You're now a certified coach. So uh, that's that's sort of the – if you want to get a lot more stuff, that's that's one place to do it. But let's jump into the uh, the good stuff about the weekend. So just the overview is that this race was a 5K, 10K, and half marathon festival. So a set of races, not just one race. And uh, most of the bloggers, Jason, we were the slackers. I mean, most of the bloggers there did all three of them, which was called the hat trick, which involved the 5K and 10K on Saturday morning and half marathon on Sunday. Uh, I just did the half marathon. You just did the 5K. But there was still a lot more going on, and the, the first – bit of running that we did was on Friday morning. So, okay, let me go back just a little bit. Thursday night, we had a nice dinner at this place called West End Johnny's in Boston. I'm sure sort of some Boston listeners have heard of it. Uh got to see a, a screen, a new movie or film by, I guess, sort of co, I don't think, I don't know if produce is the right word, but it's a, a joint venture between Runners World and Saucony. And it's called Finding Strong. It profiles a bunch of different runners, a bunch of unique stories, um, just sort of a, a sort of I don't know uplifting movie about running. Um, apparently they've been they've been airing it at different film festivals and things like that. So um, that was kind of a neat thing, and we just got to hang out and have a good dinner, and then had a couple drinks that night, which was kind of fun with the bloggers. And uh, next morning it was up early though. We had to be up at we had to be on a bus at 6 a.m. for a November project workout, and I had never heard of that. In my life before this, but uh it's apparently it's kind of a a thing that is spreading around not just in Boston where it started, but in a bunch of other cities. Had you heard of it before, Jason? No, I had never heard of it. I had no idea what it was. Uh and
0: uh I, I was I don't think I was fully prepared for uh how how fun funny it was. I mean, yeah, it was a it was a fun workout, but it was also just hilarious because they I mean yeah, maybe Matt, maybe you can explain exactly like what the workout was and then we could talk about how quirky it was.
1: Yeah, so I'll do my best, and I hope that people listening to this will actually, if you if you haven't ever done it, look it up and see if it's in your city, because I know it has spread to, I think, Baltimore at least, Philadelphia, and I think many more than that, but those are the two that I heard. Um, to me, it's, like, it's kind of like a running version of CrossFit in that it's a grassroots thing that people just kind of come together and do it, and... I, is it every morning i don't even know uh but it's it's early morning seven o'clock and there in boston at least it's this particular workout i think they do different types of workouts but this one was just on this long hill that must have been half a mile long probably or more. And, yeah maybe and it was i mean a fairly steep hill that was a steady in- i mean you just you just don't find many hills that are that steady and long and and still a pretty solid incline so basically, you know, we walked up this thing to to the very top of it with a bunch of other people, and this is 7 a.m. on this Boston street where there are all these nice houses, and and we just thought these poor people who live in these houses are now just invaded every who knows how often by I I think it's like three times a week that uh,
0: that they meet and and. We met – I think it actually starts at 6.30 or 6.45. Oh, is it? Okay. Until 7 o'clock, there's a noise ordinance. And so what they do is they, they do loud whispering until <laughs> right. 7. And then after 7 o'clock, you know, everyone can make as much noise as they want. Um, it's still, still early for all the poor people who live around uh, are, are on this hill. But,
1: right. Yeah. So there was and, like 300 uh, people. I mean, I, I, what I heard was the count, and I have no idea if that was accurate or not. But uh, anyway, we, we gathered on top of the hill, and the leader, this guy named Brogan, who – is I I guess the co-founder of it with someone else in Boston. There's an interesting runners World article about the November project online. If you just Google it. Um, and you know, he's like amazing. He like, we said he was like a Tony Robbins type guy. Like he just has this whole crowd and he's huge. He's six, six or something. And, uh, just kind of, I don't know, somehow, even with the whispering, he kind of just got everybody excited and motivated, and there was a lot of, like, stranger hugging and different things, like, okay, now turn to your left and shake their hand and tell them.
0: Oh, there was no handshaking. There was a lot of sweaty (laughs) hugging hugging. with strangers, and uh, it was definitely a little bit too early for me for that, Um, but, (laughs) yeah, I mean, some random guy in, in shorter shorts than I was wearing gave me the biggest hug ever, and, you know, definitely gets you out of your comfort zone, but... Uh, I think Brogan did a really good job at just kind of making it really comfortable for all of us. And he's, he was just one of the funniest people that I've ever been around. You know, he, he's just, um, yeah, he's hilarious. I mean, he, he, he doesn't allow any smiling in photographs. So all like the photos that you're taking around, everyone has to have a straight face and he's always just doing something ridiculous.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. he, He was ridiculous and, and just a funny, I mean, perfect guy to lead this sort of thing. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, he just said he said okay, like go kick your ass if you're here. If you're out here, you may as well, you know, make it worth it. So it was like run. I mean, what was it? It was run. It was run down a hill and run up a hill and run down a hill and run up. Again. It was just back and forth, up and down, with this little extra part where you had to either hurdle or go under, uh, like a sawhorse kind of thing, like for a road construction thing. So I mean, I don't know, just kind of like a CrossFit thing where you where you go really hard, uh, perhaps. We were talking about this perhaps harder than is healthy without warming up. Um, not not healthy, but then is then is uh, maybe best practices when it comes to injury prevention. But what was cool is like it had this sort of hardcore feel to the workout. But even though you said it was a little bit too early for the uh, I don't know what the word is, but the the hugging and the feel good stuff. It was just really an interesting like juxtaposition between this hardcore kick-your-ass mentality and then, okay, give the person to your right a big hug and tell them you love them. And it was just like a really neat thing, which I thought was really inspiring. That that to me was my favorite part because I'm into that kind of stuff. And it was just like, I don't know. It was just cool that this thing came up out of nowhere. And I think what he said is that uh, they they kind of shun media attention. They don't really want a lot of attention on it. They don't want it to be commercialized at all. They've turned down a lot of partnerships and things. And uh, they don't even want you to report on it. They want no newspaper articles or anything on it unless you actually come and done the workout with them. So I guess that puts us in the clear.
0: Yeah. Even like the the Runner's World camera guy who was there with us was required to do the workout. So I think he filmed a little bit, and then he ran a couple loops of this huge hill circuit, and then he got back on his camera because if he was only filming, Brogan would have probably thrown the camera down the hill.
1: (laughs) Right. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, so, it just I mean, just a really, really fun thing, and then Brogan came to breakfast with us, which was also very cool, and just, I mean, just a good start to the weekend. Probably not the best thing to be doing the day before a 5K in your case, or the two days before a half marathon in my case, because I was definitely still feeling the soreness the next day, um, but a good workout, and something to, to look up, I, and they even have, like, other days there's stairs involved in the circuit, and I think some days it's a hill and stairs, which which sounds awful, but... Uh, I mean, very motivating, uh, the type of thing where if you're in a running funk, you know, I would say just change it up and try something new. That would be the perfect thing. Just start getting yourself up early and doing that. And I think it would do a really good thing for, for I mean, for your running and possibly for other things too, just, just general motivation and happiness with life, I would think. I, I think there's another
0: November Project group that meets in Washington, D.C., and I think they meet... Near the Washington Monument, and they do a lot of stairs there. So if any okay. DC folks are listening, there's probably one that you can look up here, right here in Washington DC.
1: Cool. So yeah, look those up. Uh, I'm sure if you just Google November Project in your city, you will find out if there is one or not. And it sounds like you can start them too. I mean, they, someone encouraged me to start one in Asheville, which I don't really have plans of doing. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if there are certain rules you have to follow, like to you know to make sure it fits their guidelines or what. But I'm sure. I'm sure that sort of thing is encouraged. So, uh, so by all means, get in touch somehow with them if if it's not in your city. And I know they're on Twitter. Um, I think it's – is it NOV underscore project, I think, on Twitter? So um, find them there.
0: Yeah, I think it's either November underscore project or NOV underscore project. Okay,
1: cool. Um, So that's enough about November Project. I think we've kind of spent longer than we even wanted to on that. But – um. So after that Friday was was a bunch of just like neat meet and greets with people. So we we got to let's see we did brunch went back to the dorms. Uh, first person we got to meet, which was really neat, was Sarah Reinertsen, who is an amputee. I think she uh, had her had her left leg amputated from the knee down, and is a Paralympic athlete and the first amputee to complete an Ironman triathlon, uh, which was which was a really neat thing. It was cool. We got to she passed around her thirty thousand dollar prosthetic running leg, which was. Which was awesome to, to see and had like a little Nike sole on it and it was one of those ones uh I don't know the, the name at all of what they are, but that that you saw like with the Olympic sprinter that that kind of shape where it looks like she said inspired by the back leg of a, of a cheetah, right?
0: Yeah, that's right. it's pretty cool and um, it kind of kind of stinks because it's the insurance companies don't consider it medically necessary, so if you wanted to go buy it, you it's thirty six thousand dollars. So it kind of goes to show like how, um, how technologically advanced this leg was. And it, I thought it was really cool to hold because the, the actual knee hinge was like this two hinged, um, piece of, uh, metal in it. It was, it was really interesting.
1: Yeah, it was. And I don't, I don't understand how, yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of woefully, you know, just, just ignorant about the whole thing, but it just—it was strange to me that someone, because I mean, she doesn't have any control over that leg; it just goes on there. I mean, it's not like there's any. I mean, I don't know. I guess the technology in there must be way more than we could even see by holding it. Um, that when you actually run on it, you can actually, you know, use it like a normal lower half of your leg. I mean, just incredible thing. So that was very cool. And what I thought was was neat. She said this quote um, that we all have disabilities, and some people's you just happen to be able to see, which I thought was a really neat thing. And I also liked what she said about how like on planes sometimes, I mean, like the reason I think the reason she, cause she was the keynote speaker. I think what she kind of brings to the table is, is just the obvious, like look at this, this thing that so many people would consider a limitation, a limitation far greater than what any of us have to deal with when it comes to running fitness. And she said, so she would sit on planes sometimes wearing long pants. So you couldn't tell that she was an amputee and, People would, you know, she she'd explain that she was an athlete and did all these things, and then people would say, yeah, like I would love to do that, but I can't because, whatever, you know, too much work, not enough time, kids. I mean, whatever the the excuse was, and then she said she would then show her show them her leg and uh, and explain that that her uh, you know her her disability was of the visible kind and like, you know, what, what kind of excuse is, is your excuse if I can do this? And I don't think she says that in so many words to them, but it's kind of implied. And I thought that was a really cool and touching thing.
0: Yeah. I think it's pretty powerful too. I mean, I I think uh, the limitations we put on ourselves sometimes over what we can actually accomplish are um, not actually limitations at all. You know, people, I don't, I don't have time to do that, or I'm too old or, you know, I'm overweight. I can't do it. And then you look at someone who only has one leg and she's done an ironman uh triathlon which is what is it a 2.4 mile swim and she doesn't wear any prosthetic for the swim right. and then she she does a 112 mile bike ride and then a marathon uh you know all in a row and it's just like that that's so impressive to me because you know I've done a couple short triathlons and I know how hard they are and I I can't even imagine doing an ironman never mind with one leg so right. I think you know, just having her describe her experiences and how, you know, she can, she can do these things. And it really puts, it puts the the limitations that we put on ourselves in perspective. Right. And I really enjoy listening to her talk because yeah, like I think any amputee has been through a lot and they can probably have, have very similar kind of life lessons and things like that. But Matt, she was like the most upbeat and social and uh like happy person i've ever met she was smiling pretty much through the entire time that we were we got to hang out with her and she was just a, a really cool person to be around
1: yeah she absolutely was one thing that was was it like you mentioned the triathlon and how much harder that would be with one leg i think she said that 90 percent of her power comes from her her right leg and and the left generates only 10 percent. was that her who said that
0: yeah she did um i, I think yeah it was it was pretty much those percentages it might have been like 85 15 but yeah it was it was a minuscule amount it's not like now that she has a prosthetic it's it's a little bit more even it's, right. it's really yeah. not even at all
1: right so she's working with that one like you know almost twice as hard as someone else to get that bike down and I would imagine there's a similar split with running I don't know how how it works but uh, it just I mean incredible it's just I mean <laughs> that that an Ironman is such an out there thing for so many people and and someone like Sarah gets it done so that just very cool um and let's let's i don't i just kind of move on i mean we could talk for an hour about each of these things uh we did a running skirts thing they were one of the sponsors uh let's probably best not talked about it was it was jason and i being the designers so to speak and the girls all the other bloggers they were girls by the way they were i think 19 of us total and uh only two of us were male which is not not atypical when when you look at just In the health and fitness uh, blogger world, and then because there's this healthy living space where there are so many females, so a lot of the women came from there. Uh, So they were the models for these for this running skirts thing. But anyway, cool skirts. We got to bring them back for our wives, which is which was nice. I know my wife appreciated that. Mine did as well. (laughs) So uh, check out them running skirts is the name. It's like it's actual skirts for running, which apparently have gotten big recently. And then we got to meet Shalane Flanagan, which was. Awesome. I thought she uh is was the fastest American woman this year at Boston with a 2:22:02, which is also the fastest American woman time ever on that course. And uh it was just I mean that was just such a neat thing to be in the presence of someone who who just is at that level. Like and she also ran with us the next day in the half marathon. I think I guess she started somewhere near the back of the pack because she was up with with us for a little while where I was. Uh, and I wasn't even that far ahead of the – I mean, I was. I finished in 148, but uh, she was with, with you know, my speed of runners for a good three to five minutes just running alongside of us. And it was just amazing to look and see her and say, like, this person is is one of the greatest female runners in the world right now, and she's, she's just – I mean, a normal person running alongside of us. It was just a very – I don't know. Something about that was, was fun. I guess I haven't done that too much before.
0: Yeah, I've, I've never been around uh, a runner of that caliber, like, so – Closely and um, you know listening to her talk about her training and her running and uh, just how passionate she is about competing, uh, it was uh, it was a really cool experience. Um, and yeah, she's she. What was a couple of things that she said about her training? So she took she only took four days off after the Boston Marathon and then uh, she got back into things. And what I thought was even more impressive was that in uh, 2013. So last year she averaged over 90 miles a week in training. And, uh, it's so hard to average such a high mileage because yeah, like you can get up there and, you know, get, get in some good high mileage weeks, but that includes all of the, the recovery time after, after a race and, and all the taper time before a race. So it's like, man, she works so hard. So, you know, like she said, uh, you know, I hope the, the mileage is able to um, keep making her stronger and stronger so that she's able to win another major marathon.
1: Yeah. And she said that her time this year, it sounded like if I'm remembering correctly, that would have won in all, but two of the previous Boston marathons would have won for, for the women.
0: Yeah, Um, that's right. And it's
1: like, yeah, it was, it was seventh place and she was still the fastest American. So obviously all the others were not American who were ahead of her, but, uh, the winner, she said. Clo- the winner this year, I think, it was the winner. Uh, closed yeah. the, the final 5k faster than Meb did, which is just shocking. I mean, that's just unbelievable. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. And, and I know Meb was
0: slowing down a little bit at the end, but still, he's he's one of the best male marathoners in the world. And then having a female, uh, I think she was actually like two to four seconds slower than he was. Okay, but still, it's it's one of those things where. That really no no female should be that close to a male at that level in the marathon for the final 5k. Well,
1: not that they should. Uh, just they just it typically doesn't happen. No, it's just
0: insane. Like right. it's just it just shows the depth and the strength of the field uh, and how hard Shalane had to work to even run 222. Um, so. And I think it was special too because she's originally from the Boston area. She grew up in Marblehead, Massachusetts, which is um, it's on the North Shore. It's maybe about forty-five minutes away from Boston. So it was kind of like her hometown race. And uh, I, I just really hope that she's able to come back and and win Boston again. Yeah, again, was, just to do it.
1: Right. Uh, yeah, it was very. I mean, just a cool. Just in the presence of of someone who is truly great at what they do, and you know, I'm not able to get to spend much time with someone like that i think she's even she's an olympic medalist in i don't remember what distance maybe like 10k or something not not the marathon but, yeah i think uh,
0: she's the the either the silver or bronze medalist in the uh 10k
1: okay yeah so that was that was very cool and um trying to think what else she, did you see her during your 5k at all jason uh
0: i did she um was near the starting line when i was starting uh i was kind of up near the front and then uh, I wasn't sure. She, so she did the hat trick. She did all three races, um, but I think she was just doing them more as training runs because I know after the half marathon, she kept running and did another six miles. So she did like a 19-mile long run that day. Um, and and I, so I don't think she ran the, ha, the 5K very fast, but I did see her at the very beginning.
1: Right. Cool. So that was, um, it was just That was great. That was one of the highlights for me for sure. And then what we did next was, was a lunch with a lot of the Runner's World uh, cookbook food from their cookbook, which I haven't really seen that much, and there wasn't that much that was vegan-friendly. I ate mostly fruit for that meal, uh, but it looked like it was good stuff. People seemed to be enjoying it, but the highlight of that meal was that Bart Yasso was there, and he he just, like, talked to us. I mean, he, it wasn't even on the schedule that he would be talking, but he just, he just got up there and just started talking, and uh, – I don't know. After a few minutes, it became very obvious why he is known as the mayor of running. Because I didn't really know before that what he did or what he. Because you know, his. I think he told us his marathon PR was 2:40. Um, 50 mile PR is six something. I mean, these are great times, but they're not. They're not. They're not going to win. You know, Olympic medals or anything. I mean, it's not. It's not amazing times. No,
0: he he was a a competitive runner, but he wasn't anywhere near an elite runner, Um, but he has just such a passion for the sport, and I think more than the sport, too, it's just connecting with other runners, and, you know, he was joking around that he has a job title, which is the chief running officer at Runner's World, but he doesn't have a job description, so he's not really able to describe what he does, but, you know, he just... Yeah, he started talking to us, and he was telling us, like, his favorite running memories and how he, um, you know, ran the, com- the Comrades Marathon in South Africa, which is not a marathon at all, but a 56-mile ultramarathon, and uh, just his, his experience there and how he really believes that, uh, that that race helped end apartheid, and he's just one of the most amazing storytellers I've ever been around. He could be talking about, uh, you know, water boiling, and you're just captivated.
1: Yeah, and so and not only is he good at telling stories, but he has, you're going to tell, he just has tons and tons of them. Uh, because, as he said, he's done something like 1,500 to 2,000 races in his 37 years of running. And, you know, all these races are with well-known people and just people, and so, like, and he's done, he did Badwater back, back when it was 145 miles, had a bunch of stories from that. And, uh, I mean, just an incredible ambassador for the sport. And, uh, you know, a- after... A, Like that, that was the highlight of my weekend was talking to him and just hearing him talk. It it just, the enthusiasm and the passion for the sport, it it just connected. And it was like, wow, this is, this is like why I like running and why I am a runner. And for me, that was, that was the highlight for sure.
0: Yeah. I I really do think it was a highlight for me too. Um, And, and, what kind of struck me was that he was so approachable. You know, like we saw him around the BC campus a couple other times mm-hmm. throughout the weekend. And like he was just, he said hi and he, you know, cracked a couple jokes. Yeah. And uh, was it Saturday night? We were kind of hanging out outside, um, you know, in a very college like setting, all hanging out in a circle and just uh, talking. And he came over and was like, hey, let me sit down and hang out with you guys. And he just sat down and hung out with us for like a half an hour.
1: yeah no that
0: wasn't that wasn't scheduled we were just outside hanging out on the grass
1: right and i was just like thinking of all the stuff that he had to do that weekend and maybe it wasn't that much i don't really know but being the guy who is like the the figurehead or what i mean i don't know if that has a negative connotation but just the face of the of the whole thing of runner's world and the race to me he is that and uh you know he was announcing at each race finish line and I think he gave a talk, and he did our thing, and I mean, he just had plenty to do other than sit in a circle with a bunch of bloggers and tell more stories, but he chose to do it, and it was just it was just so neat that he just came over there and sat with us, and uh, that was actually when we were originally going to record this podcast, because we thought it would be cool to do it live while we were actually there, but I'm so glad that we chose to go outside and sit on the grass instead, because uh, that, was, that was one of the special parts of the weekend for sure.
0: Yeah, best decision ever. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, so that was that was all like the big official blogger stuff. We, we saw a presentation from New Balance about some of their new shoes, which is cool. Claire there is someone who I've met before. I don't know her title. I think she's like the – in the footwear, she's one of the main product development manager people, and I'm sure that's the wrong title. But um, they talked to us about their shoes, this new line of – I wish I could even remember the name. Do you remember? From something foam, right? Yeah, Fresh Foam. Fresh Foam, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't – I mean – they're gonna send us a pair to try out, so perhaps they will show up on one of our blogs, if not both of them. But I, just like the last time, I saw Claire at a, at a New Balance event. I I was just kind of, it's it just you, it's easy to forget these people are talking about shoes and like the amount of passion that they talk about the, and the amount of detail and and caring that goes into making shoes. Um, even that even that which like in some ways was like okay we have to sit through this presentation about shoes by one of the sponsors. Um, because, like, you know, we're not getting anything out of this other than learning about their product. But even that, it was, like, just the whole – it just added to the whole feel of the thing. Like, like these are real runners who really care about the shoes and the people who wear them. which So, you know, even, even the advertising portion, if you would call it that, felt, felt sort of special.
0: Right. I didn't even kind of consider it that. Like, yeah, you know, I'm sure they were there to kind of promote their shoe, but – it did not feel like a sales presentation or, uh, any kind of a pitch. It was more like, let me tell you why I absolutely love this new line of shoes. It was, it was almost like the same conversation she would have like with her family or friends about her shoes. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I just didn't get that, that kind of hidden agenda or anything like that. So right. it, it's very refreshing to me to, to be around that.
1: Yeah. And I, I don't know about the other shoe companies. Uh, I would imagine that. That kind of stuff happens all over the place. I've only really had any experience with New Balance, uh, but you know, I would imagine that happens a lot. And it's just, it's a, it's a really neat thing. It's, it makes you realize that that runners are a special breed, and uh, you know, ha- just have a lot of uh, empathy, sympathy, whatever it is, for each other. And um, yeah, I don't know. You just got that feeling a lot. Like at the other presentations, we we went to a few more things that I don't want to. We just don't have time to go into. But we talked. We the one about. Um, that with the Iron Fit guy—is that what it was called? Uh, yeah, Dr. Jordan Metzel. He's—it's
0: not Iron Fit. I think he has put together the Iron Strength uh, iron program. program. That's—I think it's available on Runner's World for free. It's like a—it's a video series on uh, functional strength exercises that runners can do to help them stay healthy. Uh, I haven't given it a look, although I—I I think I will be now that um you know I've actually uh, met Jordan and listened to him talk about injuries. But he seemed like a really um uh, knowledgeable guy about running injuries and and why they occur and what we can do to prevent them. So, um, you know, if anyone is listening to this, that actually reads my stuff at strength running, you know, that running injuries is like one of my, my passions. I love injury prevention. So I obviously had to drag Matt to this injury prevention seminar and it was, it was actually a good, it was a great talk and, um, I'm glad I went.
1: Yeah, it was. But what I was saying was that even there, you just got the sense as they were talking to the audience like that that everybody understands each other it was like yes maybe like once you're injured perhaps the best course is to not keep running for some certain amount of time but like it was like for a lot of people that's not an option like you just have to get the miles in and i don't know i, I just got the sense that i was among all these people who shared this like way more than i do like i'm i've never really been that type of person where if I don't get my miles in, I'm I'm cranky and I just fall apart because I need that glue to hold everything together. But it it was just inspiring to me to be around that and like I just I came home wanting wanting to be that kind of runner and at least at least kind of try to appreciate it for its own sake rather than needing a, a big goal at the end of it, which I'm sure I'll still have, but for at least a little while I, I want to just do the running for the sake of running thing, just being a runner like like so many people were there this weekend.
0: Yeah, everyone just was – all the questions were, were really highlighted the fact that, you know, we're all runners. We all love to run. When we're injured and can't run, we can't think of anything else except getting back to running. Right. Uh, and, you know, uh, the Dr. Jordan Metzl did have a really good piece of advice that uh, was great for, for going to see a doctor for an injury. It's really helpful if you go see a doctor who is also a runner – or at least uh, an, an endurance athlete, whether they're a cyclist or maybe even a swimmer, because they they understand what you're going through. You know, there's that community there with talking to a, a, a physician who's also an athlete. And they know what you're going through, and they will help you try to get back to running as quickly as possible because they know how important it is to you. And they know that, you know, for, for many runners, you know, your day just isn't right unless you, you get out there and you go for a run. So
1: yeah. And like beyond, beyond just the understanding of a runner's body and here's what you need to do to get better from this common runner runner's injury that, that a running doctor would know uh, it's the understanding of the mindset. Like it's just how, you know, how hard it is not to be able to run and, and how much you, want to get back and how much how much you hope that part of your recovery process can involve running you know so it's not just a it's not just take six weeks off yeah it,
0: any any advice from from a doctor that's just oh stop running yes. and, and it ends there then you know they're not a runner and maybe don't know exactly what to do
1: right right um so that was cool and then the other other sort of official things we went to where we saw mark ramey who is the author of the ramey's world column R-E-M-Y. Uh, it's just like a funny funny running column. And, uh, you know, like, as much as this stuff is all jokes and funny and making fun of I, – I don't know. I don't know if it's making fun of – it's more making fun of people who don't understand running. Like, 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 <laughs> I don't know, this sort of inside humor that only runners are going to get for the most part and kind of poking fun at the people who think running is ridiculous. That, that was sort of my um, – I don't know, what I got – as like what what his brand of humor is, but behind all that, I thought two cool things about him, where he said he was an introvert, which is kind of neat because you don't think of someone doing all this funny, irreverent stuff on the internet as introverted, but uh that certainly resonates with me because i'm I'm very much the same way, and uh also just how serious he was about running like I saw him in in Dunkin Donuts in the morning, getting which was kind of our our coffee spot near our near our dorms. And he was there after the 5K, and he was like a little bit disappointed. He had he had been doing a bunch of speed work, and it was like here's this funny guy who who you you know you only hear of him in the context of funny and lighthearted, and and he was in there. And he was like he was like kind of bummed that he'd been doing all the speed work and didn't get the result he wanted from his 5K, and uh, you know I just realized, like it's not just about humor. He is really into running, and just like every other runner is is devastated when it doesn't go exactly how he planned. So. I, don't, I saw him after the half marathon. He said it went well, but I didn't really get into any details about how exactly it did go. Uh, but that oh, was so fun. He did,
0: did he do uh, the hat trick? Was he doing all the races or just think, the 5K and the half?
1: I think he told me that he was scheduled to do the hat trick but decided not to do the 10K. Because I'm pretty sure it was during the 10K when I saw him in Dunkin' Donuts. Oh, okay. Um, but I'm not sure. Yeah, i, no, I sure think the heat. It was hot that day, too.
0: It, it was pretty warm. And I admittedly had had never really read his column, Ramey's World. But – um. Yeah, I thought it was a really cool uh, juxtaposition of the humor that he has for the sport that he also kind of takes pretty seriously, and uh, I liked that he kind of um, showed us that you can have both. You can look at running as this fun thing, and, and you can poke fun at at runners when you know they don't nod or wave to other runners when they're out running, and you know there's so many jokes to be had about running. But at the same time, you know you can have race goals or time goals and you can you can really do it all and you don't have to be super serious and you don't have to just you know think running is just this really fun thing that you just do kind of uh without any goals you know you can have
1: both right and i you know i kind of got that even from from the blog we were with like a lot of the girls ran the uh, some of the girls raced the half marathon for sure um but so a big group of them just like kind of cruised and like they said they had the most fun of of almost any race they've ever had because they didn't they didn't race they just went out there to run and enjoy it and they took pictures and did everything and you know i felt like uh, here i was not in any kind of shape but still had this pressure on myself that you know i have to be somewhere around 145 to prove to myself that i'm making some progress and getting back to to where i was and i was close enough and happy with the performance given the heat and the hills and and my own training but i was like wow those you know those girls they had a lot more fun than I did doing this. And it's not that they're not serious runners because they still did the whole hat trick and they, all of them, you know, train and keep their mileage up and do half marathons and marathons and everything else. But, um, that, you know, that it was just, it was just another example of just seeing all these different sides of running and, and how, you know, how, how great they all are for their own reasons.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I think maybe I would have had a better time if I didn't try to take my race more seriously. And, you know, I'm not in great shape right now. I was like, almost two minutes slower than my personal best in the 5k but you know i tried to do it as a uh, kind of a, a workout and maybe if i had just run it and and high five people and things like that i would have had a better time
1: yeah we should point out though that your that your workout base was still good enough for a uh, that 12th place finish in the 5k so. yeah, i guess
0: that is true <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: um and then the last thing was that we did uh, a blogger thing um like a, a seminar i was on the panel it was me katie widrick and carla bruning um carla bruning is from run carla run.com and does some new york roadrunners tv actually i think i don't know if it's a i think it airs on actual tv but it certainly airs on the internet uh that they do for a bunch of the races interview you know people like that and then katie widrick who also very good at interviewing type of things i think she's a tv producer and also a blogger so the three of us were on this blogger panel talking about how do you build a running brand, kind of in the context of of blogs, particularly. And Mark Ramey, who we just mentioned, was the moderator for the panel. So that was kind of a fun thing. The turnout was mostly our group of bloggers, which, quite honestly, I don't. I wasn't really surprised by that. I mean, I, I just sort of felt like, I don't know. I mean, the average person at a race uh, isn't isn't a blogger or that interested in doing it. But uh, still, I thought it was fun. It was great to be able to do something with Mark and with them. And it was a good time.
0: Yeah. I think it was cool too, that there was another, there was a a younger blogger there who had, has a blog. Um, I, I forget what it's called, but um, even like there was, there was one or two people there who weren't part of our kind of core blogging group. But uh, I think it was really cool for, for you guys to be able to, to talk to just one person and just give them advice on, um, building their blog and kind of um, you know talking about running and, and making it making it really special for people.
1: Right. Yeah. And there were more than just her. Right. I mean, there was a few. I don't know, a handful, maybe maybe ten other people who who weren't in our group there. Um. But not. You know, it was. But yeah, it was cool to be able to answer questions. And I think she. I mean, it was a good opportunity because really, if you are interested in building a running blog, to get a question answered by three people and more because everyone else chimed in too. Uh. You know, all the people who who have done it successfully. Uh it was pretty neat. So <clears throat> that was fun. Um so then we did a pasta dinner, which was cool. Nothing too special, but got some got some good uh pasta and a little bit of beer. And then you took off pretty soon after that, Jason. So that was kind of the, the end of uh our time together and then the half marathon the next day, which was as I said, went went well. It was fun on the Boston course for part of it. Uh definitely the the hills, the Newton Hills, including Heartbreak Hills. So that was Fun, it had a much, much smaller town feel than the Boston Marathon. You know, none of the the huge throngs of crowds everywhere, none of the downtown part at the end where, where you know, the crowds are just crazy. So it, was like, it felt like a small town feeling marathon, and yet you were on the, the, you know, the end, the most famous part of this historic course. So that was kind of a neat, neat thing there.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you... You you ran obviously ran the half and I didn't but did you did you have to do all of the Newton Hills and then you finished on Heartbreak?
1: From what I understand, I I didn't fully understand the course, and I honestly didn't even know when we were on Heartbreak Hill because I know when I did the Boston Marathon a few years ago, I remember very clearly knowing that okay this is Heartbreak Hill and I've done some other Newton Hills, and then this is the one and I don't know if there were signs I think it was more just that the crowd had signs saying announcing that it was here basically i figured for this this race called the heartbreak hill half marathon there'd be like i don't know one of those big wall things that you run under like you know how at mile 20 of some marathons especially the rock and roll ones it's like i don't know run through the wall or something and it's just this huge this huge i don't know what the word is here but uh spectacle yeah it's like yeah. It,
0: you know they they have signs and it's something that they, they want you to know you're on heartbreak but
1: yeah so uh, i didn't know didn't know but i knew this was a big hill and i knew i had been on two or three other big hills in, in the two miles before that so i assume that that was that was all that that stuff
0: i didn't even know when i was on heartbreak hill at boston a couple of weeks ago
1: i think i figured I mean, it out
0: like halfway up because someone had this ridiculous uh heartbreak hill sign but i was like oh is this is just another huge hill that i hate but <laughs> yeah it was uh it's a, it's a, it's a tough uh, hill series right there. So you
1: actually, that's pretty good running
0: 148
1: there. Yeah, it was good enough. It was, it was about the best I could have hoped for. Um, especially considering it was hot. I was hoping to be a little bit faster, but once, once I got six miles in and realized the heat, I was like, this is not, this is not any sort of day to, uh, you know, to break any records. (laughs) So, uh, it was, it was encouraging for me because it was my sort of race to get back in shape. And I felt like it was rough training for me. It wasn't, I have such a t- tough time getting inspired and motivated to train for a distance that I've already done when I'm not going for a PR or in shape to PR. Uh, as I've said, that's just sort of the type of runner that I currently am, and I'd like to change that. But uh, it was that. It was like the, the what motivated me to train, tra- to train for this was that I was the guest of Runner's World and that it was just such a kind of a cool little event. So um, it was good. It was good, and I'm, as we've said many times now, just totally re-inspired uh, I bought a running book called Running and Being by George Sheehan, which we actually saw there in their little Runner's World bookstore. And I'm just really excited about running again. So pretty soon I'm going to have something big. I'm not sure what it is. Or at least just be out there running, whether every day or almost every day. And uh, I think I think that's the case for all of us. It was a, it was a very cool event. So um, thank you, I guess, on behalf of everybody to Runner's World and the sponsors that, that made it all possible.
0: Yeah, I had a great time and like like we've kind of been saying over and over again, uh I think it's time for for me to set a new goal, whether that's, you know, either a short race or a long race or something I've never done before. Um I'm just kind of excited to get back into it. I've had a about month and a half of lackluster barely running kind of doing the bare bones type of training,
1: but yeah, I am I am jacked up and ready to train. Good. Yeah, me too. So if there's any sort of takeaway from this, and we usually try to have those with these podcasts, as I said, this is a, a different one from usual, but I think the takeaway is kind of like, just go out and find this stuff and go to it. It doesn't have to be Runner's World. You don't have to be a guest of the host of the race, because like, all, all the stuff we did that was you know, seeing Bart and Shalane and Sarah, like we got to see them a little bit closer than some might have, but even so, they were all just walking around. I mean, you could just go talk to them, and they all gave talks as well, so it's not like this this was... know specific to us and no one else could get this sort of thing it was just i mean go out the stuff's out there go to your go to your race and actually go to go to the stuff like go to the expo go to the seminars and just be around other runners i think i think that can do a lot for your motivation as a runner when you're kind of in this funk just getting around it getting around that energy uh it just it just kind of can remind you of of why you do this in the first place so that would be my take home here
0: yeah and i would just add too that you know these People who you think might not be very approachable, whether whether it's the mayor of running, Bart Yasso, who's the chief running officer at Runners World, or it's an Olympic medalist like Shalane Flanagan, like these people are very approachable. Um, you know, they understand that they're part of the running community, and you know, they love meeting their fans and just saying hi. And and you know, if you want an autograph, I I think they would be you know totally open to that. Um, but yeah, they were much more approachable than i thought they were and they're just so friendly so uh, i think it just go- really speaks to the running community as a whole and how we're we're all runners and some of us just might be a little bit faster than others
1: yep all right great well jason thank you this was fun i uh, hope people enjoyed this and uh it was good for me i like to I like to relive it because that was definitely a special weekend and one that i don't want to forget yeah absolutely thanks for having me on the show man i appreciate it righty, of course it was great to hang out with you We'll talk to
0: you soon, I'm sure. All right. See ya. All right. Bye.